0: Welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where each episode we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our 19th day of Podmas, where every day up to Christmas, we're putting out an episode. Today, we have Netflix's 67th film. It's a 2018 romantic comedy, When We First Met. It's directed by Ari Sandal, and it stars Adam Devine, Alexandra Daddario, Shelley Henning, Andrew Batchelor, and Robbie Amell. Hi MJ, how are you, mate? We're getting so close to. I Christmas? am so proud of our dedication to
1: Podmas so far. I we've done so bloody well, yeah. and we're getting rewarded with with good films. We're getting rewarded with good listeners. Yes, the Flix Forum
0: brand
1: is just going bananas. Going going nuts, <laughs> and I am just loving lady.
0: like seeing like anyone else that does Podmas. Hats off to you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, huge effort. Credit, massive huge credit. Effort. So, rom-com today. This is going to be interesting I because... We needed a rom-com. We needed a rom-com. We did need a rom-com. And usually, um, you're more of a rom-com-y fan than possibly I may be. Pretty susceptible to rom-coms. Uh, but you know what? You make a bad rom-com, I'm not going to give you a pass, Mark. Mm, whew, so, this could be good. This could be very interesting. I don't know. Where, where are we going to sit on this one? Are we going you, to agree? I, are we going, going to, to disagree? I, I, I can't
1: get a sense if you like The,
0: this the nerves are, like, racking me. I'm like, ooh, am I going to agree with him today? Or am I going to <laughs> just is, hate what he says? This is good. What do you normally think about rom-coms? Not a massive fan. Not a mass. fan. Not a massive fan. fan. Yeah. Not my favourite type of film. No, no. Won't go out of my way to watch them. So this one's one that I wouldn't have watched if yep. it wasn't on our Netflix list.
1: Cool. What's your fast flicks then, Jesse? My fast I flicks, always start, so... Uh,
0: okay, I'm happy to start your today. Your quick summary of the film. My quick summary is always very quick. Um... A guy goes back in time multiple times to get the girl of his dreams. Yeah, you didn't like this film, I could tell already. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That was a good fast flicks. You don't start a movie you like with the words
1: a guy. A guy. I, I, don't, name I, know don't, name I don't name characters. Name characters. I, don't I know you, characters. Don't you don't name characters, characters. I know you don't name
0: characters. Try to be different.
1: I try to break the mold. I could tell. I try to be revolutionary. My fast flicks for when we first met. Uh, time travel is back on Netflix's agenda, <laughs> this time in rom com form. With Noah getting the opportunity to go back ta- in time three years in order to have a chance to make the girl of his dreams fall in love with him. Nice. We've had a bit of time traveling on Netflix. Is, is was my point. Yeah.
0: Arc. Ark. We had one. Naked.
1: Naked. I was like, we had one recently, or well, somewhat recently. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Seems recent. <laughs> yeah. So naked was like not dissimilar. This whole Groundhog Day. Naked was very setup. similar to this. Ark was very similar. So in 60, yeah. sixty-seven films, we've had three. Time loop time travel movies. And uh, Robbie mel has been in two of them. <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> so, not only is Robbie Amel a Netflix specialist, yeah. this being his third film. Yeah. The um, other one being? The other one being The Babysitter. The Babysitter, yes. We, we enjoyed that one. We did enjoy that one. but And we enjoyed ARC. Bloody oath, did we enjoy yeah, ARC. Um, but Robbie Amel is the time travel specialist. We've liked two of his
0: films, so I'm getting getting concerned. That's funny. Can he get three out of three? How did it not click that he's a uh... no, Jesse? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Can... We've liked two of them. How can we like all three? That's the question. Yeah, I did like two of them. And... <laughs> all no. right, let's let's have a look. We like all to right. see if we found anything out about this film. What did you find?
1: Um, the film was filmed entirely in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and due to scheduling conflicts. Alexandra Daddario only filmed for two weeks. So she was also filming We've Always Lived in the Castle. Yeah. So to accommodate this, there was basically a lot of night shoots that went for 16 plus hours, basically to film a lot of the Halloween party scenes. What a tidy that would have been. <laughs> At least she was wearing <laughs> the same outfit in about. all of them. Poor Adam Devine had like six outfit changes. He did have a lot of changes, didn't he? Um, but she was on there for two weeks and she's a pretty main character in this film. That would have had everyone else working their asses off.
0: Agree, agree, agree. Uh, So once Adam, um, what's his name? Adam Devine. Devine. Once he was cast as the lead, the producers asked him to look over the script and he rewrote it for his lines to fit his comedy style. I found that so interesting. I think that shows in this film. I was,
1: before I knew that, Hmm. my thoughts on his character were like, oh, only Adam Devine could have
0: played that character. So it's interesting to know that that's a clever way of doing it. I think. You know what? It really is. If you yeah. cast someone, and they've got a distinct style. It's like, here's the script. Have a look. How would you change the delivery of those lines, or how would you change the dialogue? And it's like, well, I'd say it like this. Cool. Do it. I think it can
1: work. I think there's there's an element where a character is written in a certain way that works for a really strong narrative, and you need to find someone who's going to bring that to yep. life. In a film like this, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, go nuts with mm. it. Like, especially where it's, especially with a comedy, um, where you can make it work. Adam Devine's got a pretty distinct sort of humor. Yeah, sure um, does. And that was Adam Devine was Noah. Like that's that was
0: as simple as that. It's cool. What did you think about um, the back in time singing of the song by him? Yeah. that's fine. Do you like Back to the Future? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't mind Back to the okay. Future. Yeah, I, I,
1: I just thought it was clever and quirky. Very clever, and, yeah. very quirky. I like back, back to the Future. The films
0: are great. It actually they worked so well. Good. Yeah, it actually worked well again with Adam Devine yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Last one I had was uh, so we've covered the babysitter on this podcast, mm. so it shares the same producers. McGee produced this, yep. plus there's three cast members who are all in the babysitter mm. together, which is a pretty cool little connection. I'm just so this was 9th of February,
1: babysitter. This was really yeah not, just in. Terms babysitter of probably wasn't too much prior. Earlier. Yeah, it was 2017. I remember that. Yeah, but, so it's probably they were really sort of all in the same Close wheelhouse here. at the time and. 9th of Feb, just in time for Valentine's Day. You, know, you didn't even think that, but yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on Valentine's Day next year because undoubtedly Netflix will be pumping out an original film that's... Yeah, around
0: that time. Because um, they did last. It's the year. sequel to... I'm pretty sure Valentine's Day next year is the sequel to one of those Noah Centino films. Oh, to All the Boys I Loved Before. Yeah, or is it the other one? Yeah, I guess it's probably that one. Yeah. 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 All right. Um. This reminded me of yesterday. There was a scene with a foosball table in this film... And there was in the Cloverfield Paradox yesterday. Oh, two, yeah. Two there days was. in a row, there's foosball tables. I did my head in. I was like, oh my God. We saw the foosball tables yesterday. That's
1: a very good point. Did you get a Christmas reference in this? I don't think so. <laughs> it's been a couple of days. Me and Jesse have done we've triple, triple, or, triple or nothing, <laughs> or nothing <laughs> that there's going to be no more Christmas references between now and Christmas. No, nah, there wasn't. I don't think there was. Can we go
0: fest- Halloween, festive season? Does that count? It's a festive event? Uh, nah, I'm going to say then, no. no you're fair. It's like the 20th of December. So, what about, how many episodes? We've got. Um, only five episodes four, Five or six episodes to go Before I lose my triple or nothing Yep We don't know what the Quantity of the bet is yet <laughs> <laughs> it's I a just good bet I like a bet I just like no, winning <laughs> Yeah there's, there's nothing no stake. conceivable amount uh, If I win I'll,
1: I'll make it up Good So speaking of stakes This had a budget of Ten million dollars Yep Small budget What are some um, similar films Yeah It's a, I think we've had something With ten million dollars before Because this rings a bell With these films But it's right in the In the hitting zone For horror films So like yep. Halloween in 2018 did very well
0: off um, off a $10 million budget. Blumhouse yeah. film where they give That's small what they budgets do. to whoever they want. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um, but I tried to find some similar type comedy, maybe even romantic comedy films. So She's All That was $10 million. Love, Simon from a couple of years yep. ago was $10 oh, yeah, million. We've, yeah, we've, had, we've definitely had a $10 million before. Everything, Everything was $10 million. Everything, this Everything. Uh, There's better than that one. Actually, love the guy who plays Simon's in both those films. The Disaster Artist was ten million, so was Movie Forty Three. So that's just an idea of what you can get for for ten million dollars, and that's kind of where this film falls
0: into it. Mm. Ten million seems like a a reasonable amount to get for like, yeah, it's a good good budget. Um, John Whittington, the writer of this film, sure.
1: Conceived the idea after watching The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 5 wow so the one where Homer keeps going back in time, time and every time he like makes the smallest change the whole okay. future changes yeah. so this is obviously the same sort of concept um, I love any sort of Simpsons reference that's being brought
0: into it I love the idea I don't know if you've seen there's this doco called Everything's a Remix mm-hmm. um, highly recommend but it, it literally says you know there are very few original ideas and everyone lends from something so I, I like this idea that you take, you combine, yeah. you, you mix it up. So you take that idea from Simpsons, you take a song from Back to the Future, you just combine all these ideas to make this film. I like that. What's always good is when you get inspiration
1: from anything. Like In this sense, you know, he's obviously thinking, what would happen if you change the smallest thing, in this case, in a relationship? Mm. And then they show their... Like any 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 sort of idea where, you're, where you can think of something that makes you go, hmm, what is the answer to that? That's obviously an interesting idea. Mm. And that's why I like that. Cool. And then you get minds like Christopher
0: Nolan who writes Inception. Yeah. Go, well, he's not copying anyone on that one. That's brilliant. Yeah, good. I didn't have a Netflix match on this one. Um, that's two films in a row where I didn't get a percentage match. You want to know mine? Yes, what was your match? 91%. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me based on our intro where I was like, uh, MJ, I think this one's for you. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't mind a rom-com, but I as, like anything, I don't mind a good rom-com. I think we said the same with horror a few days ago. Yeah. I love horror, but if you give me a bad horror... Open House is going to get one star from me.
0: <laughs> half. Um, no, nah, I gave it one. I gave it half. <laughs> Critic, what, what are some consensus about this? What did the critics say? What does the audience say? What did you find? Jesse, the IMDB audience really enjoyed this film. Good. And there was a lot of them. Good.
1: 6.4 out of 10. Mm. It's a great score. Mm. 36,500 ratings. That's a lot of people too. A lot of people liked this film. And I hadn't heard of this film. T- no, neither did mean. I. Yeah. Um, although when I put it on, my wife was like, oh, yeah, this film. I was like, oh, oh how the do you know this film? <laughs> um, she still didn't watch it with me. Letterbox is 2.7 out of 5, so it is significantly lower on Letterboxd, but still 15,000 people have seen yeah. it. Um, not surprised that it's not huge on Letterboxd. Mm. They're not really into the sort of middle-of-the-road rom-coms. Sure. What else have you got for that?
0: I, the Google, um, the the Google thing keeps popping up now. Maybe because I I looked at it once now. I'm just gonna get it in my feed. Maybe but it's always been there and you maybe. just ignored it. Ninety four percent of Google users like this film. Is that right? Just pretty goddamn good. <laughs> Google Google users are very positive though. Yeah, from from memory. Rotten Tomatoes. Yep. 43%. Doesn't surprise. Critics. No. 20, only done 23 reviews though. So okay. not a, not a big turnout. So that's officially rotten. Every time we say Rotten Tomatoes, you always go with only x amount of viewers. Yeah. I mean reviewers. Well, it's because when I, like we don't, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but when you go on and you look at a big film, a big film has, you know, a couple of hundred reviewers on there. Mm. And that's why when I'm like only 23, you, yeah, can't, yeah. you can't, it's not a lot of no, critics and it's a small percentage size. So, 23 people You only need like 10 of them to think it's crap And it gets and a crap it's review It's done, yeah, yeah. Um, The audience was 57% So a little bit higher um, On a bit under 800 Yep That's probably not too dissimilar To what we see on Letterboxd Yeah Uh. Early thoughts, Tom? Early thoughts What are your early thoughts on this one?
1: Friend of mine, actually So I went to log this film In my Letterboxd account mm-hmm. We're big advocates of Letterboxd Here on Flix
0: One. Is this a mutual friend? I think I've
1: seen It, it. is a mutual yes, friend Yes, I, I definitely... Friend of mine on Letterboxd I think summed this film up perfectly Mm -hmm. his review of this film was you know what it was okay and that's exactly how I felt like as soon as this film finished I was like that was alright I read that review too so (laughs) (laughs) if if you don't like Adam Devine you're really going to struggle with this film and there's plenty of cringeworthy moments but it's light and it's pretty wholesome Um, it's got an appropriate running time and then as I said when it finishes you're like That wasn't bad. Um, Cool. I should say, I I did think early on that he'd end up with Carrie.
0: Like, I think I thought it in the first five minutes of the film. (laughs) Um, That's because you've watched a lot of rom-coms. Maybe. You you know that generic mold that they follow.
1: Maybe, but they did kind of do enough to make me think he was going to screw that up. Like, he might not have thought that, or maybe the film wasn't going to go there. So they got there, and I was satisfied with that as well. Good. What did you think of this film?
0: I don't reckon I want to tell my early thoughts, because I want to pull you along for the ride and see what I do at the end. How does that sound? That's your prerogative, if that's what you want to do. I don't know, because I felt like at the start, you're like, oh, I don't know how Jesse's going to go with this one. So I don't know whether I should <sighs> Up to you, tell man. you now and then you know how I'm feeling or if I just go through our scenes and then but you sort do of you, get a do you want interest. to be closed
1: off? Are you going to be closed off in any of the rest of this podcast by...
0: I just wanted a big reveal at the end. Sure, nah, nah. nah I'm, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm just being an idiot. A big reveal be fine. Big reveal is good. Nah, this... I was similar. I sat down, I sat down with... Well, I actually sat down with my wife to watch this one. And unfortunately, she had to go to work. So she's only watched half of it at this stage. So I had to watch the back end by myself. Um, and we were enjoying this together. Um, I'm not a massive fan of um, Adam Devine mm. in Pitch Perfect. Oh, yeah. Didn't really like him in those films. And then to see him in this, I, I thought he was pretty good in this. Yeah, yeah. And on the same, I thought this was okay. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was I like okay.
1: Adam Devine. I should say it from the start, there's something about him. I find him. I find him funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen a little <laughs> bit of Workaholics, which he's in, yep. which is everything I've seen him in. He's been a very similar character. Yeah. I, I like him in Pitch Perfect too. Um,
0: All right, well, let's talk about some characters while we're talking about um, Adam Devine. Let's talk about his character Noah.
1: Yeah, well, Noah was a pretty frustrating guy, um, and I think most of that was because. He's pretty dumb, mm. and he's pretty single, very single-minded. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's frustrating, but I don't think he was ever like malicious or rude for any other reason that he thought he was doing the right thing. Whatever loop he was in, he was convinced that this is the right idea. And I said, I think that only works as an Adam Devine type character because I haven't seen a character where Adam Devine is really clever or cluey and he always plays that kind of dumb uh, type character but if he was smarter then he probably would have clued on a little bit too early about what to do and it wouldn't have felt real so the balance of him
0: being sort of dumb, rude and sweet kind of worked mm. uh-huh. he was very single minded, very obsessive and very straight like not very open minded at all you know. like it was he had this goal in his mind that he needed to be with Avery and mm-hmm. it didn't matter what happened or what deviated from that plan and i like that you saw that change throughout each of the the time continuums, I guess. He was still um, driven in whatever in whatever yeah. loop it was. He was driven to do whatever it meant. To, to get her. Yeah. Not, not necessarily anything else in his life, but he was definitely yeah driven to Absolutely. to focus on her. So, Avery. We're talking about her. So, this,
1: this was a weird character for me. Um, yeah. So, you notice how Carrie and Ethan and Max, the other three characters mm-hmm. in this film, they're still the same fundamental person during each revisit or loop, whatever you want to call it. Whereas, I don't think Avery is. And I suppose it's a sign that the director wasn't putting as much focus on Avery's
0: character as maybe she was. they were, because uh, she wasn't on set very often, so it was hard to well, build true. a character when she keeps nicking
1: off. But here's here's my the way I saw things. The the first night that Noah and Avery met, friendzone or not, you could actually you could absolutely see them working as a couple. Um, and I think that's why at the end they sort of had Carrie being the jazz fan at the end. But that that dynamic between them both, I'm like, of course this works. I have got no reason to think why it's not going to work. When they had that, like, friends with benefits type setup, she was a super bitch in the morning, and then she turned, like, quite lovely, normal Avery on the run and everything like that, and then she didn't
0: seem to be as disgusted by him. So she just sort of kept changing. So when the... Okay, yeah. I feel like that there was always, in any of the time changes, there was always a moment or a instance where this connection to um, Ethan was where that change in the character or the change like where that switch was the
1: the idea was that they were never perfect for each other
0: that it was never going to work yeah
1: that's the yeah. but I don't think they did that well enough because sometimes I think it was going to work and sometimes I think they forced it to not work and that that was my only point I'm probably nitpicking here but that's why this character didn't work for me because when they got married and they were really rich and they had that lavish lifestyle she was only really disconnected with him because of his work it wasn't the character itself that she didn't like Um, and at the end when her and Ethan met at the bar when they wanted to watch him play. And then you found out that she bought him that photo booth yeah. back at home. She was that same old, lovely Avery. And again, as I
0: said, like the other characters were the same person in all the things. They, they kept their morals. They kept everything. I felt like because that she was with Ethan in that last one. So it was whenever that connection with Ethan started, that's when that's when she became, yeah, I guess yeah. I'll give you that. The because point... they're on the run and then she finds out he's single. That's like, that's the switch. Um, True. Ethan's vomiting in the toilet. That's the switch. Like, the, it's always him that makes that switch. Okay, that's not a bad...
1: Like, th- my point being is, whilst I like the idea of Noah and Carrie, that, that works for me, I didn't necessarily buy into the fact that Noah and Avery couldn't have worked.
0: Yep. Um, I, I watched this whole film, think, like, until there's a scene where, like, right near the end, where I'm like, oh, him and Carrie's going to happen. And I didn't pick up on it early enough. So. See, I
1: thought all along that Carrie was a better fit for him. I was like, this is fine. And yeah. I didn't want him to end up with Avery. But I think they did this job where they built really good chemistry between them, and they kind of
0: forced the disconnect between them. That's that's kind of where it didn't work for me. Um, I, 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 Maybe I'm not used to the structure of these films, but I thought that <laughs> I thought that Ethan and Carrie were going to get together like right up until the end. Ethan and Carrie, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was a bit of like when the sh- the realization for me is probably about half an hour ago. I was like, oh, they're gonna set Noah and Carrie up together and I was like well, I don't know if I like this and then once they got into it I did like it um, because I like I was sold the whole time that Ethan and yeah Carrie, right I Ethan like that Carrie were gonna I never like,
1: even considered that
0: yeah so that's I guess that and that's how people read films totally yeah. differently yeah, like, yeah. And that's what that's yeah. what we love chatting about them. yeah <laughs> so what, Carrie Carrie what do you what do you got to say about Carrie because my thing is that I picked it up early. yeah I didn't pick it up I just thought she was going to be this person that continually made issues for him throughout the whole film and then you obviously see that turn a little bit when in a few of the the moments that they actually have a bit of a connection rather than the start the first few they hate each other pretty much. she shows compassion for him at the very start though when she's driving his drunk ass around there's, yes yes correct that, that, that's there straight away but then like the next two I heard bashing him across the head with a pot plant and calling him a creep so yeah but that it, was a very different yeah but, and so, but me reading the way yeah, I yeah. read it I was like okay so we've said that now we're going back in time so it's just going to get worse and worse for him so I would never had any inkling whatsoever because I just assumed that their relationship was going to get more toxic and more toxic right. whereas it didn't it flipped and I was like whoa oh, that's cool. I wasn't expecting that um, she was but, a good yeah, fit for him personality wise though yeah yeah Well, yeah. Sarcastic sense
1: of humor. She was a little bit less settled, whereas Avery was like, "This is my life. I'm going to be
0: great." Yeah. More directionless, like him. Yeah. Yeah. True. Ethan. He was just he was too nice. Like they mentioned this multiple times. He was just this fake nice guy that no one. You know what? He wasn't fake. Like you,
1: you meet guys like that. Like we, you don't know them that well. Yeah. But what you know about them is just like the nicest guy. Because I didn't explore him deep enough to to get to know the real guy, but I I, I know guys that are that
0: nice because yeah, I, I don't so. I only know them on a the surface level. I'm just thinking I'm like mm, if I just I'm like MJ's probably that type of guy. Yeah, but you know me, you know me deeper than that one Similar when you take your shirt off. You, you, <laughs> yeah, you've very got that, similar. Got that centaur um, yeah. bottom. Like... God, he's got a rig, has not he? Oh, he's um, a good-looking guy. I just
1: I do like the fact that they kept him the same throughout, even though when he was that jealous onlooker when he was the one that was drunk and throwing up, he still had that
0: tinge of niceness, niceness. to him. He yeah. kind felt of bad about it still. He was a, he was a great guy. I only had Max down just to briefly touch on Max.
1: Well, despite how
0: Max actually saw himself, because he was dreadful with women,
1: and it kind of worked well as like a subtle joke early on that he was terrible with women, even though he thought he was really good. When he was giving Noah advice... It was clear that wasn't going to work Because they already set him up as a guy who's going to strike out um, But his his life was kind of this example of everything Noah didn't want But I tried to make out what well, he did want Well, Noah thought that that's what that's I need to do he, yeah. But the, Max, despite all his flaws Was like comfortable with who he was And I think that was kind of powerful In the end when you realise Um he, I think he, he says something, which, which I'll probably get to, but um, he gets to a point where he's like, yeah, this is who I am and I wouldn't change anything because I like it. Yep. It's like, you know what, well, I think you're a douche and I wouldn't want to be you, but <laughs> but you know what, being comfortable in your own skin it, yeah. is, is what's more important. Yeah.
0: Which is what Noah wasn't doing. Good. Any other characters? No, I've got no more. The director, Ari Sandel. Mm. Directed Goosebumps too. Directed goosebumps too, and the Duff. I haven't seen it. Have you seen? You've seen love it. Love the other? Duff. You love the Duff. Okay. Duff's really good. Okay, um, very funny,
1: very clever, like teenage, high school rom com. Yep, more comedy than rom com. Um, surprised that a lot of people in that movie haven't done better. Okay, um, Robbie Mel's in it as well. Oh, he's the main <laughs> Robbie Mells. He's the main lead guy. Yeah,
0: in still it. well. He also
1: has won an Oscar. For best short, best short film in oh, 2007. I thought you were going to say Robbie. I was like, what? Hell? Ari Sandell won oh, really? an Oscar for best short film in 2007 for his film West Bank Story. Nice. So he's got some cred, he's got some cred yeah. got a little bit of cred. What did you
0: think of the cast? Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it, was it was fine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well cast. All right, time to look at some scenes. Yeah. What did you like? Um. Really
1: early on... Wasn't uh, Adam Devine does a pretty good Garth impression from Wayne's World
0: I have exactly I, I, I really liked that I <laughs> love Wayne's World and I was like that was really like in the first couple of minutes like, that was really good it was <laughs> really good yeah. Yeah, did a hell of a job they didn't overdo it either nah, they
1: just... it was really good
0: <laughs> this is a good
1: laugh in the scene where he's getting hit with a pot plat the first time yep. so when he's like meant to be like that creepy stalker guy uh, and I think Carrie comes in He goes. she goes don't touch her arsehole and he goes, yeah. Don't touch her arsehole. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> a lot of his lines
0: were good. Yeah, that was really clever, just yeah. the way it
1: was the way it was worded. They talk about how important those commas are. <laughs> um, when Noah is driving Ethan home after Ethan's drunk in the rich loop. It was a really nice realization from Noah when he's talking to Ethan and he's sitting in the car going, This doesn't work. Yeah, Um, the the
0: camera stays on his face and you just read that emotion really well. And that goes into the next
1: scene with one of his chats with Carrie and he asks her, why doesn't Avery love me? And he's not just talking about, why doesn't Avery love Rich me? He's talking about, in every fucking loop I go in,
0: why doesn't Avery love me? And he starts it off by saying like, I know you know like yeah. why have you not told me you have, you've had, You've been sitting on this tell me you know I know you know I really like that scene with him
1: sitting with Carrie and I think that was that was a time I'm like you know what they actually are going to make them together even though I thought they were going to Yeah. I, I was like they're actually going to do it I'm glad Good. Um, but I'm also glad that that scene where he tried to hook up at Carrie with at her house when she had a date Yeah. I'm glad they didn't make that work because there are a couple of little tropes that made you think that they were just going to cheat this, like, oh, they got together in the end, bang. Um, But they put a little bit more effort into it, which I appreciated. Um, I kind of touched on this before, but I really liked Max's final speech to Noah when they wake up in that loop when Max has got that. That
0: that speech covers a lot of
1: what the movie is about, too. 100%. Yeah. Hundred percent, but he's just talking about how he's happy with how he is. So yeah, um, and then I like the final that little cute ending that went into the coll- the photo collage. It didn't do this big like we're gonna show him get married and yep. walk away and have a great. No, we're just gonna show this cute little photo collage, and it was it was really nice, good touch. Didn't overdo it. Well done.
0: Look, on the page, quite yeah. quite a few similar sort of things. So, um, at the start where Carrie, Noah's really drunk. Carrie's driving him. I like... Like, I just got that sense of his personality and his humour where, like, he's sitting there waiting for her to be like, yeah, tell me the story. Like, you know, th- <laughs> this is the first time Avery and I... Ah, oh, you like, got it out of me. <laughs> Fine, you know, yeah, I'll tell you. Like, I, I like that. That like, was good chemistry between was... them too because she's like, cool, don't know. And when you look back on it, you're like, yeah, okay. Right, right. Yeah. They're setting it up. Uh, <laughs> I did like this, the scene where, you know, this is the, the night that they met and he goes in for this kiss and they make this big moment out of it. Like, he's expecting a kiss, she goes for the hug. And they just had these random cuts of like explosions and atomic (laughs) bombs it was just great. It was really good. That's how it feels. Yeah. Getting friend zone. Yeah, I thought that was really nice. Uh, Noah speaking Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I, I was not expecting him to just start speaking like, oh, I was like, whoa. See, I was
1: thinking like, well, surely he can just tap into this. I love the fact And after that, when he's like saying everyone's name, he's like, hey, I know everyone's
0: name. <laughs> but I like that they used that he picked he in in his time space he knew how to speak different language but he also forgot how to play the piano i liked that they didn't just give him all these powers and not take anything away good point it was nice to have that there good point um and the last one is another car scene you mentioned the the scene where you liked the the emotion that you could see that he'd realized um no would realized that you know him and avery aren't gonna work yeah um i, I like the private that way <laughs> uh, in the back seat <laughs> Ethan's like oh yeah and i also told her that you know I love her and he's like slams the brakes really hard and just hits his head <laughs> I had a good giggle I thought that was good <laughs> alright what, what
1: didn't you really like so this really annoyed me it probably happened two or three times because of the loop the engagement party that they had should have been at night time the fact that he was so drunk and then on the flip side Ethan was so drunk and the fact that they kind of reference all these things about that night and they talk about like oh I just hit it too hard it shouldn't have been during the day. And I don't know why they didn't make it during the night because everything else narratively fits better if it's night time. And I, okay. it, it, it annoyed me from the very start and it annoyed me. I've been like that at many dating games and parties <laughs> at that stage. No, but just the way they talked about yeah. it was like, oh, I've been I've been drinking all day. Like, it's like, man, it's like three o'clock now. And at the night they drove to, I don't know. Fair. Should have been at night time. Okay. And that same night, the first time, sometimes Noah was like blind, indecipherable drunk. But then sometimes he was like quite normal and logical and thoughtful. He kind of annoyed me a little bit. Yep. Um, <laughs> I sort of, the pep talk from Max with the AAA, like foreboding everything bad that was going to happen in that entire loop. Yep. Like uh, that felt like, okay, I don't need 15 minutes of this loop. You've set it up straight away. I know it's not going to work, right? He's going to be a dick. It's not going to work. Yep. Um, so that whole being an asshole loop was really tiresome for me. Cool. Um, didn't need Noah to say at the end. I just need to go back and do everything the same way I did it the first time because I knew that's what all he had to do was like, no, everything's fine, mate. Don't change anything. You can still get with Carrie now because you guys get on. But he actually had he actually went back and said that you could have just he didn't have to say that. Yeah, good. it annoyed
0: me that he said it. It annoyed me just when go he's, and do it, mate. When he's sitting at the table like eating so much of the yeah. cereal because like you need to go buy cereal at this specific store. Yeah. I was like, yeah, we get it. Um. And then
1: right at the end, when Carrie sat down and started playing the piano, and she's like, "I love Oscar Peterson." I was like, "Ah, it's a little bit too much." I believed it. I believed you guys anyway. You work as a couple anyway. You yeah. don't need to
0: throw it in my face. <laughs> um, that's all for me. Uh, the I mentioned this briefly before the the moment for me where I realized that um, Carrie and Noah are going to get together. That was really that really like annoyed me. Jarring. Yeah, it jarred me. And so it's the scene where um he's sitting in the kitchen talking to Carrie and um, you know, he's asking why is she never gonna love me. And then I was like I, I just clicked and I was like, oh and I really like for the next couple of minutes I was really off put. Yeah. And that sort of the next few minutes I was like, I don't know like if I'm gonna enjoy the rest of the film, but I was happy that it, it worked. It, it worked. But I still didn't like that scene. And obviously you're on board a lot early in thinking that but to me that was the moment that it got me and I was like Ugh, I, I, I think about it this way like I could never imagine
1: Ethan being the one left on the lurch why Why? in, in what world does this movie end that Ethan doesn't end up with Avery I guess you saw oh, I thought, thought he was getting, was getting with, with Carrie yeah, so. yeah that's where I, I was like, that was the thing for me is like they're not gonna let this guy who represents everything that's good in a relationship end up with nothing what yeah. sort of message does that send
0: yeah that was kind
1: of the main thing. And I just, I, you could pick up that chemistry between.
0: But them. I didn't like, and through all these flashes though, I didn't necessarily think Avery was the most perfect person. Whereas he was. And I was like, I, I thought, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's nice. it for me. Yeah. What's the movie trying to say?
1: Well, the, the message as you touched on before was basically Max's speech. And I've got the direct quote here yeah. where uh, Noah's, you know, upset because why didn't I work with Carrie? Like it was fate. And he says, fate is a tricky lady. When you try to figure her out, you just get more confused. Listen, all I know is the mistakes I've made, the ladies I've laid, <laughs> have made me who I am today. And if I were to go back and relive it differently, I wouldn't be me. And I like me. And I think that's that's kind of what the film's about. Yeah. Be yourself. Learn from the past. But don't live in it. Don't try to change it. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why I like this film as much as I did because I really like that message. I think it's I think it's very wholesome. Um and I also like that it came from the character who's probably the most dislikable character but he's happy with who he
0: is so that gives that message even more weight and if you didn't pick up on that speech you know they they do it visually too with him wearing Max's clothes and he's wearing the clothes like this isn't me like yeah. so even if you didn't pick up you know he didn't need to prove that he was as good as Ethan because he didn't mm-hmm. need to be and like like you mentioned like being yourself you he you needed to um take care of, his, of himself almost and, mm-hmm. and take care of others in need and that's where that connection with Carrie came I think that um, you didn't really see her communicate with anyone else other than Avery so it was nice that he sort mm-hmm. of picked up on that yeah uh, I mean, the, the idea
1: that you are going to go back in time to change something is a slap in the face of mm-hmm. all the
0: decisions that you've yep, made in made, your life yep. to become who you are and that leads into like things they made this big deal about things not happening for a reason you know you had to create the opportunities himself and be real in the moments rather than expecting things to happen how he wanted them to happen. Mm. So I like that too. Uh, growing up to, and you, you can't not, not forget about love in this. Like, you know, sure, relationships, they make this relationships intangible. So I really like that, you know, he realized who he loved and who he needed to love rather than who he thought he was in love mm. with. Hmm. Like that feeling of being in love with
1: someone or having strong feelings for someone who is with someone else. So relatable. Everyone's been there at some point in their life, mm. uh, whether it's a high school crush or whether it's even bigger than that, mm. um, male, female, doesn't matter who. Yeah. That's what that's what kind of works in this film. And if you sit there and go, "Man, if I had got with that person before they got with so and so, if I'd have done that differently," yeah. well, the message is, don't worry, don't worry about, about it. it yeah. yeah, Who you are today is great. It's it's based on who you've been in the rest of the rest of your life. And if you want to change that, change it now. Don't change it before. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, what did we take from this film? Uh, wouldn't it be fun and uh, this film becomes very different if we do it this way and I'm very familiar with the rom-com setup and, and yep. what's important and what works but wouldn't it be fun if we didn't have to go to these complete extremes every time he <laughs> loops <laughs> like imagine if you just tweaked little things about his life I, I, I think it becomes probably a lot more of an indie film if you do it that way but I'd be curious to watch that film as opposed to I'm going to be a jerk in yeah. this film. I'm going to be a workaholic in this film. I'm going to like Oh, massive yeah. Um, it it it, it changes everything. But I was just thinking like ah, because when it was like the dick the dick one, when he was an absolute dick the whole time. Like this is 15 minutes where well, stop it right now, and I could tell you I could tell you exactly what's going to happen for the next 15 minutes. And yeah. sometimes sitting through that was a bit was a bit tough. So I don't know. That's when I was just
0: thinking like, imagine if this film just went a little bit different, did its own thing. Yeah, not as full on. What did you take away? Uh, To me We mentioned this before But this is like The Netflix film Naked But better Yeah So This one Sort of There was A, a bit under t- About 10-ish Sort of Waking ups And reliving these times Whereas Naked There was So many more like 50 50 yeah So to me This was This is a lot tighter A lot it better It's a different concept yeah, different, In the yeah. sense that
1: what, what was actually Kind of cool about it, And this is the whole Simpsons thing Yeah He would go back three years yep and then that moment and another. then he come back to that day it's like okay so this is what you did three years ago now let's see how that actually affected back things kind of, kind of a cool yeah, concept a in that sense yeah. it wasn't like a traditional okay three you're back in three years you're not yep. doing those three years again perfect spot on Netflix um absolutely yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah um pretty good spot for it to be honest if you had to release this in like school holidays or like end of year probably would have done okay at the cinemas yep Adam Devine has some sort of following. Uh, Alexandra Dario is kind of popular. Robbie yeah. Amell has got great abs. <laughs> Handsome man. I don't know. This, this can yeah, work yeah, commercially worked, as yeah. well. Yeah. Did you jump on IMDB at any stage? Yeah, I did. You touched on this in the notes, but Max, who was Andrew Bachelor, was John from The Babysitter, which I didn't know at the time, mm. but I was like, he's familiar. What's he in? Oh, yeah, Babysitter.
0: I didn't get on. I didn't go on at all. So Too engrossed in the loops. Yeah, I was just... Just sitting and kind of enjoying this, I think, is where I was at. Mm. Have you got any questions that you'd like to ask? I do. Uh,
1: this is an interesting topic. Yeah. Uh, I think when you study this film with your kids, which I'm sure this is rife for a study. <laughs> uh, what do you think is the significance of using a photo booth as the time travel vessel? Now, do you think it's like mm. a cliche couple location? No one's really thought even more than that. Yep. Is it a representation of young, immature love? Or is it a device that makes lasting memories? Uh,
0: ooh, whoa, that's heavy. Yeah. Um,
1: I think it was a like, interesting I the, deliberate choice. Yeah,
0: yeah I like the original or the first sort of moment where they go to the photo booth and um, Avery puts her ear against mm. it and sort of says something about this, is listen to the history or listen mm. to that, that moment. And that photo booth allows him to visit their history over and over again. Um, so I think so too. And the, and yeah. the, the tangible photo that you get out
1: of, out of it so this 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 booth is literally making memories for him right mm. it's making a big part of his life and he gets the chance to make more memories redo that moment make more memories um mm. but i do think there's an element of that representation of young and immature love that he's going back for the this reason that is like a schoolyard crush type feeling yep. like and that's kind of i don't think people who have been married for 15 years are Going into a photo booth. Actually, it's a nice idea, for you, but <laughs> the representation yeah, of a yeah, photo booth exactly. is no, good.
0: Good pickup. What have you, you got? Any questions for me? I'll just, so every time the films do it in different ways, what did you think about the mobile phone being the device that allowed you to, to understand what time it was for him? Did you find that off-putting, or uh, say so every time he looks at so the every date. so literally, it's like every time he wakes up, the way or when you know what loop is in is because of his phone. It says the time so and the date. Yeah. and they used obviously used Halloween as that date, so you knew the difference between the thirty-first and the yep. first or whatever it was. Was that effective?
1: Um, to be honest, I didn't I didn't really need that. Mm. I, I I could follow the yeah. progress of the story to
0: know what was coming next, but yeah, that that was what I was sort of hinting at too. Yeah, yeah, I just. Yeah, not, not 100% sold on needing that. I guess the first time he goes back... The first time he goes back... something to your context, be, yeah. Not,
1: not that, because that, that's when he has the newspapers and stuff. But the first mm. day he goes back and then goes back to 2017 afterwards, yep. that's when you're like, hang on. So how is this loop actually working? Right. You go back to 2014, then the next day it's 2017. That's, which he didn't know initially. So that was kind of important for him to... For the first time, I think, yeah. Because then, then he rolls up... And he apologised, hey, sorry for last night. Oh, who are you? Yeah, and it's like, that's a stalker guy! Yeah. That's right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, cool. That was all I had. I think if you watch this again, it'd be so easy to watch. Yeah, I'd pr- if I watched it again, I'd probably be paying more attention to the connections between for Carrie sure. and Noah earlier sure. on. And yeah. you wouldn't... Not that you have to work terribly hard, but no, you wouldn't no. have to work as hard no. to, to figure out what's going on. It wouldn't be too bad in a rewatch, to be honest. Yeah. All right. I think we're almost ready to sum this up and give our rating out of five and then averaging it out for our Netflix forum rating MJ fill yeah. us in so well just
1: despite its flaws and, and the film did have some I think Adam Devine carries this strange comfort with him um, and despite me being two steps ahead of him throughout the whole narrative it's somewhat satisfying watching him figure that out for himself um, when the movie comes to a close I almost surprisingly thought that it wasn't too bad so it's three stars for me okay
0: very nice. So the, the, the credits sort of are the way that I'm going to sum this film up for me. So you mentioned it before, like you cut to the credits and you just get this whole bunch of memories where mm. there's these photos, these Polaroid photos of all these things that they do together, like yeah. at the end, Carrie and, and Noah. And I kind of got like shivers over those credits and it doesn't happen very Good often. Good shivers. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, this is not. Nice. And then that song playing in the background was like, the lyrics were something about, I will follow you to the end of the world. I was like, it's a nice way to wrap up a film. Um,
1: Maybe you're a bit of a rom-com guy.
0: Which is weird, because I did... At this, when it first I first clicked, I was like, I don't like the idea of you and Carrie going together. So, <sighs> I was all over the shop. I didn't... I, did, I, really, <laughs> I was all over the place. I didn't know what I was supposed to feel. And, yeah. But... I have enjoyed it. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm giving it three out of it's five like as well. That, isn't it? It's
1: like like, oh, this one was... Yeah. Uh, it was kind of good. Yeah. So... It was all right. <laughs> I like the way that you, you had that emotional response to yeah. it. Can you... No, obviously, we're very busy right now with watching these movies. Every, every day, of nice. day of the week, yes. When you get a chance, my Re-watch. favorite oh, rom-com... Yes. yes. ...is Definitely Maybe. Have you seen it? No. Mm. Definitely Maybe with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I, watch it I love that film okay um, maybe you'll get some visceral responses from that as well Okay. And my
0: favourite rom-com a Walk to Remember <sighs> Mandy Moore and Shane West that gets the feels that gets the tears every time <laughs> yeah, that's um bloody Nicholas Sparks it is Nicholas Sparks he, 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 he likes to toy with emotions it's much better than The Notebook everyone loves The Notebook Walk to Remember is so much better uh,
1: they're very different they are Actually, very different <laughs> they're not that different um, but yeah, they're they're Nicholas a bit Sparks different. always tra- ties in some kind of like tragedy or yeah, sadness illness, that, that, makes yeah. you, that makes you yeah, really hurt your heart a little bit.
0: Well, we are on social media on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can listen to us on most good podcasting platforms. You've already found us, so well done. Good. Question of this week, it doesn't have to be a Netflix film, but at the moment, what's the best rom-com on Netflix? We've given our little suggestions now, so we, that's nice. It was a good lead-in. Mm. What What's the best rom-com on Netflix for... I want to know because I, I want to see if I can give another rom-com a, a go. And I'm looking forward to definitely maybe, was it? No? Definitely maybe, definitely yeah. Maybe, I don't yeah. even know it's I'll on give, Netflix. But. That's all right. Anyone else, hit us up. What's yeah. on Netflix that's a good rom-com? doesn't even have it, to be an original. And even if it's not on Netflix in our region, if it's on Netflix in your yeah, region, wherever know. you're listening, chuck it on there. Well, yeah. That was a really good tie-in. I liked that. That's yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's important. Because MJ doesn't know the question, so that, that was that was good. Yeah. I like that. Well, we're back again tomorrow. We are. We're back again tomorrow. So, tomorrow... What have we got tomorrow? I we checked. have a 2018 Indian romantic comedy. Oh, so, tomorrow, yep. foreign film. It's called Love Per Square Foot. You said romantic comedy, yeah? <laughs> I maybe, did. maybe this is our answer. <laughs> maybe this could be the next good recommendation. Maybe it is. It's directed by Anand Tiwari. And it stars Vicky Karshall and Angira Dar. So... Give it a watch if you want to join in with us tomorrow when we challenge oh, so You're talking to me. I'm like, no, I have to watch I know it. You're just... watch. Gonna... You better watch it. Give it me? a watch if you wanna be uh, on the podcast tomorrow, MJ. I'm gonna sit here by myself just going, um, yeah. Uh,
1: all right, awesome. So yeah, I think we still need another romantic comedy to get us through podcasts. Two in a row? Yeah, I'm alright with that. What are the
0: chances of Christmas being in a, this one? Well, I hope way to find it. I that. hope we'll see. We'll see. All right, well, thanks again and thank you, mate. I'll see you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.